to the inaugural Brick House Podcast. I'm your host, Tommy Sexy Boy Schweitzer, with my co-host, Ryan Shearer. And Ryan, say something for the people. What's going on, everybody? Guys, uh, thank you so much. We're so excited to start this podcast. Uh, I think we're going to have a lot of fun here. Um, just something we've been wanting to do for a while. It's been about three years in the making. have never been able to pull the trigger, but figured now is as good a time as any. Um, so we'll start off the show. We already have some sponsorships, what? Um, really? believe it or not. Uh, before the, the show even takes off, um, our first sponsorship is Joe's Crab Shack. Mm-mm-mm-mm. Uh, crab. And followed up, we have a sponsorship by Jack Daniels to Tennessee Honey uh, for all your Tennessee whiskey needs. And lastly, we have Manscaped. Manscaped for all your manly scaping needs. Uh, use promo code SEXYBOYDADDIESBOY for 20 at, at checkout for 15% off. Sharon, do we have any more uh, codes for checkout? Uh, we do. We do. Uh, if you want uh, 10% off uh, at uh, <laughs> Joe's Crab Shack... <laughs> uh, at checkout, insert code Daddy Joe's Crab Shack for ten percent off. And I believe we also have a a promo code for is it Jack Daniels or other sponsorship? Uh, that is yes. Uh, and not to get too political here, uh, I am just reading what I'm being paid to read. Um, but the promo code they gave us is Biden's America. Biden's America for fifteen percent off any Jack Fire. Uh, purchases and Jack Honey. I've, I've just been told. And Jack Honey. Uh, so today on the podcast, we're going to get into a lot of things. We're going to get into to Baker Mayfield, uh, the Browns' whole situation, off-season wants and needs. Uh, we're going to do our NFL picks for this weekend, and we are going to usher in uh, the Jim Knowles era officially um, with our number one Buckeye correspondent and co-host um, Ryan Sheeran. But mm. why don't we start off the show? Talking about the main man, the number one attraction, the number one pick, the franchise. Mr. Franchise. Mr. Franchise, that's what he's deemed in Cleveland, Ohio. Uh, Baker Mayfield. Uh, We're going to talk about Baker Mayfield's new uh, robot arm. Uh, And for this segment, we will have our editor, uh, producer, uh, anything in between. Nikki. Do it all, guy. Nicholas Thickless Dick Schmickel. Nikki D, Nick DeMichael, Nick, say hello to the podcast. Yo, yo, yo. What's up, Brick Pod? (laughs) (laughs) We are going to be getting in um, to Baker's robot arm. Baker just had um, what he said was a successful surgery. Baker Mayfield obviously having a down year this year, to say the least. Uh, (laughs) Baker Mayfield, um, I believe it was reported that that he told the doctor to uh, leave the chip on his shoulder to not mm, take the chip mm, off his mm, shoulder. That's that's my quarterback. Uh, mm. Sheeran, we know uh, Baker Mayfield last year um, at times, and I'd say the second half of the season, played like a top 10 quarterback. Do you think this new shoulder gets him there? Uh, man, I think where a lot uh, of Baker's uh, weaknesses come in is the, the lack of confidence. Truly, mm. I think mm. he is a quarterback that is so dependent on his level of confidence and i feel like you can you can see that in the last few seasons wait ryan i'm sorry to interrupt you but i am just getting a report here 
um, this report coming in, uh, Baker Mayfield's robot arm is actually programmed to skull F the AFC North. Mm. Um, that was implanted. So 6-0 and against the AFC North next year. Mm. I don't know if that will make a difference, but that's mm. nice. Yep, yep. Uh, but as I was saying, uh, I think Baker is very contingent on confidence. And truly, I feel like his confidence may not be lower. It may have not been lower at any point in his career than it is right now. And I'll, t- I'll tell you what, Tom, sexy boy, um, you know, he the, that chip may have been left on his shoulder, but you have to wonder if he maybe discussed with the doctor about adding like four or five inches to his height, you know? Mm-hmm. You know, because something to look for. Yeah, and, yeah and, absolutely. And some uh, steadier feet in the yeah. pocket. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. you know what? I kind of like the rollouts when no one's around. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, hey, I mean. I like I like a guy who can move, you know. I like a guy who can who can mix it up. You like you, know? a, you like a mobile quarterback. I do. Yeah, I do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The the thing about Baker Mayfield is, um, I think Baker Mayfield, despite everything, is one of the if not the most likable um, Browns players that I have ever seen. Baker will do a million dumb things. And then do one unbelievable thing, and I'm back in. I mm. jump right back on. Absolutely. Uh, prime example, uh, Steelers game. We only managed to put up, uh, I believe, 10 points in that game. Mm-hmm. I believe we lost 15 to 10. Um, but late in the fourth quarter, before I think Baker threw an interception, uh, which he rarely does. Mm. Uh, rarely. Baker Mayfield ran for a first down, <clears throat> got hit, laid out of bounds, uh, like he seems to do. Way too often. <laughs> All the time. Uh, and didn't get the flag like he never gets. And got up, got the crowd fired up, and gave that first down point. Uh, and I just remember standing up and going, that's my effing quarterback. You know, Tom, you can't teach competitiveness. You, you can't, can't teach competitiveness. You can't teach that drive, you know? You know what you can teach, though? You can teach, you know, hitting open wide receivers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You Accuracy. can teach... Uh, steady feet in the pocket. Steady, maybe po- just like not leaving the pocket when po- you don't need to. Yeah. Pocket presence in general. Pocket presence, that's a good thing. Um, decision making. Decision making. Height. Uh, height. You can't teach height. <laughs> no, uh, you can't. Can, you teach, can you teach not getting balls tipped? Because I don't know. That's a height issue. Yeah, maybe that's why he's rolling out so much, Tom. You know? He's, <laughs> well, he's trying yeah, to Baker, he rolls the wrong way, actually. <laughs> I see Baker Mayfield roll out of that pocket and still get the ball tipped, and it's unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah. I, I swear to God, whenever the Browns play the Steelers, um, there is like an over under set of 22 and a half tip balls throughout the game. Yeah, I'm pretty sure Cam Hayward and TJ Watt just decide to get four inches taller for those games, you know? Mm-hmm. Or maybe they it's just. AFC play. North rivalry. Yeah. Absolutely. Spin zone. Uh, they put a magnet in the ball and a magnet in their gloves mm. because the Steelers cheat. The squealers. The squealers cheat. Mm. And the ball is actually attracted to their glove, and it's not Baker's fault. Wow. Brett, you heard it here first, folks. <laughs> it's not Baker's fault. Bakergate 2021. Ba- Bakergate 2021. Uh, I think another concerning thing um, about the Browns is just the division that we saw in the locker room this year, obviously the Odell Beckham Jr. incidents. Um, but more so, a lot more so than last year, you saw a lot of things starting to get leaked out of that locker room. How do you think that affected um, Baker throughout the season, Ryan? Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, you can't emphasize, overemphasize the importance of a, 
a locker room that is together. Um, mm. Absolutely crucial for... To um, get her. Yeah. Mm. It, it, <laughs> yes. Uh, to get her. Um, <laughs> or, or together. <laughs> or together. Um, yeah, absolutely crucial for the success of um, really any professional or collegiate sports team, or even high school, um, is, is, is a lack of locker room division. And I, I, I genuinely think that um, it played a major part. And all I'll say is, is hashtag free OBJ. Um, hashtag freed OBJ. I'm sorry, I was told that it was OBJ's fault. Yeah, that's what I was told. Um, and six touchdowns, nine games. Uh, who's counting, though? You know what I'm saying? Well, not me. Not me. I'm not counting. Um, you know, I, I think a part of, you know, I think the part of the plan for buttoning up the locker room this year will have to include player spouses and player parents, unfortunately. Mm. You know, we've heard a lot from uh, what's uh, uh, Mrs. Mayfield. Mrs. Was, Mayfield. Uh, yeah. There's a Mrs.? Carly, what's her name? Something like Emily. that? No. Emily. 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 Oh, what's why and why tell her? Carly. Carly. Okay, there we go. Yeah. She was in trouble then, wasn't she? Yeah, she was. That's she tough. definitely was. <laughs> That's yeah. Tough. Yeah. Um, so I don't know what, I don't know what Stefanski is for, his plan is for those uh, kind of peripherals of the locker room. Let I me guess, get this straight, you know, Nikki. But... You want to quiet the wives? <laughs> <laughs> you know, to, I mean. <laughs> breaking, breaking news. Breaking news. Nicholas DeMichael. Uh, producer of the Brickhouse podcast wants to shut women up you know i don't want to shut women up i want to shut up everybody who's trying to leak stuff out of the brown including Odell beckham senior yes Whoa, breaking yes. news nicholas DeMichael, fan of communism wants to shut everybody up wow. yeah. <laughs> the italian terran nicky d nick i i absolutely hear what you're saying um it just seemed like there was a lot of noise coming from everywhere this year mm. Um, I think another concerning thing, and, and we saw this <clears throat> at the end of the year, is um, a hindered relationship uh, between Baker and Stefanski. Mm. How do you think that um, will play out? Uh, where do you think the front office will lean? Are mm. they pro-Baker or pro-Stefanski? And sure, and if you could chime in on that too. Yeah, you know, Tom, I honestly, in that Steelers game, it... It felt to me as though Kevin Stefanski was just showing us that Baker was not the guy. You mm. know, like there were opportunities for him, there were open guys for him to hit, and he just wasn't doing it. And you know, last time I checked, your shoulder bone is not connected to your eye bone. You know, you know which saying? also isn't connected to your feet bone. Mm-hmm. So, um, <laughs> so you know, I, I you have to wonder. I mean, obviously the shoulder messes with your confidence, messes with you know maybe your rhythm, but at the same time, like. I mean, me as a casual fan can look and see, you know, David and Joku wide open, you know, 12 yards down the field, you know, it's like, and it's, that's just one of the things that I have to wonder, you know, and, and um, personally, I, I've been a huge proponent of the Devontae Adams, Aaron Rodgers, bang, bang in the off season, you know, I think it would, I'm personally not. Yeah. <laughs> I think yeah, it would. I don't know how I feel about two of the best players and arguably the best quarterback wide receiver combo coming to Cleveland. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how I feel yeah, you about know, that. I you mean, might have to swing me on that one. You know, and, and obviously that would be ideal, but I, you know, I, I look at a guy like Russell Wilson maybe trying to get out of Seattle, and you know, he's he's a short guy who can move on the bootleg, but unlike Baker... Sorry, you know, sorry, Nikki, uh, we refer to uh, Russell as a short king. Oh, excuse me. Well, he's a short king. I don't know. Okay. what Baker's just a regular short guy. He is right. At the moment. Yes, at the moment. Short um, Yeah, <laughs> Yeah, he's a short, short... Uh, Com- common, commoner. Yes, yeah, or he's a short surf. 
Mm. Yes, but um, <laughs> yeah, um, no. Uh, and Russell Wilson is a guy who who has learned to to, you know, not have his shortness speed to his detriment. You know, rolling out, kind of throwing that higher lofted ball that mm. that pre, you know, that 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 back shoulder to uh to DK Metcalf or Tyler Lockett that we all all love watching. But yeah, I mean, that's my take on it. But but we'll we'll see what happens. I guess it seems like. It seems like uh, Stefanski loves a stable. Uh, he's he's a very stable guy. Wants a stable locker room, and Baker certainly is a leader of that locker room. So so shake, shaking things up could be uh, could be detrimental. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Ryan, what say you on this topic? <clears throat> uh, well, folks, let's just let's just look at at Baker's Baker's stats in the uh, that last game. No, please the Steelers. don't. They actually, don't. No, okay. Go ahead, but yeah, no. okay, yeah. Um, well, too I, soon. Yeah. Could you give me a second? I'm not, I'm not going to listen to this. Yeah. Browns fans, um, close your ears. Yeah, yeah. Baker, Baker stands. Um, facts don't care about your feelings. Um, uh, Ryan, just before you start this, um, grit isn't a stat, is it? Uh, it's grit, all... grit is not a stat. No, okay, because you, you can't really tangible. put a price tag on that. So just go ahead with that and keep that in mind. Mm-hmm, I'll keep that in mind, Tom. Sixteen completions, thirty-eight attempts, forty-two percent completion percentage, one hundred eighty-five yards, two touchdowns, two interceptions. Sacked nine times, Tom. Nine Ooh. times. Without a line? That that's rough. I think the the craziest progression of this season, um, I think was the offensive line where um at times uh seemed like the best unit in football and at times seemed unable um to really block, especially for Nick Chubb. Um there was just a lot of weird moments. In this season, I still believe in that offensive line, and I think they did some good things. And obviously, nine sacks is um, almost never solely uh, on the offensive line. We saw Baker taking a lot of time in the pocket, um, making some dumb decisions, um, stepping up when he didn't need to step up, and rolling out when he didn't need to roll out. Mm. Uh, I think um, the most important thing to uh, remember when we see a lot of these things is I know it's super cliche, uh, but winning really does cure all. Uh, a winning season would put the Browns back on the right track next year. Uh, I'm super interested to see what they do uh, because if they don't actually believe in Baker Mayfield, which they've been very vague on, they haven't really taken a firm stance. But if they don't believe in Baker Mayfield, we will find out this offseason because they will not hesitate to trade him. Mm. You saw mm-hmm. guys like Carson Wentz and Jared Goff go for first-round picks. Um, you saw these crazy blockbuster trades. Uh, Baker Mayfield has trade value, whether people want to agree with that or not. NFL GMs will spend uh, a late first round and maybe multiple seconds on the former first round pick. Mm -hmm. Uh, You could maybe even, and I don't, you know, I don't know what the situation is. I haven't looked into it, but this guy, Deshaun Watson. I'm a, I got the blinder. I don't know what he's done. Breaking news. Tommy is, uh, no, I'm just kidding. Hey, hey. (laughs) Hey, separate the player off the field from the player on the field. <laughs> um, Except when they're a serial rapist, okay? Okay, you didn't let me finish, Tom. Good, okay. Mm. On, on the real, though, uh, I think the best options <laughs> the best options for the Browns, um, it feels like a guy like, like Russell Wilson, like Nikki said, um, could be that guy. Would fit perfectly into a Stefanski... Um, system. Uh, I think uh, the one thing that Stefanski would have to do if Russell Wilson came over is 
be a little more lenient and give Russell some say mm. into the offense. Because let we, Russell cook. Let Russell cook. Mm. Uh, Russell Wilson has absolutely earned the right to uh, audibles whenever he wants and to put in some of the plays that, that he would like to run. I think he's earned that right in the NFL. Absolutely. I think that he uh, he has the chance to uh, reemerge himself as a potentially top five NFL quarterback. Oh, I know absolutely. that's a hot take. Uh, if he comes to Cleveland, and if Cleveland can surround him um, with some better options, mm. which will lead us into our next topic, what went wrong with the Browns? We've been talking about it a little bit, mm. um, but I think we'll go around here and start with Ryan. Um, what was your biggest thing that, that went wrong for the Browns this year? Um, well, there's so much. Uh, but the first thing I think that comes to mind is the first thing I think that comes to mind um, is just the fact that the Browns are such a run-heavy team, um, obviously with the best backfield running back duo in the league. Running back trio. Running back trio. Darren Johnson, my bad. Darren Johnson, I'm sorry if you're listening to this podcast. I didn't mean to disrespect your name in that way. Slow grind. Mm. Hashtag slow grind. Uh, Hashtag but, slow grind turtle emoji. <clears throat> turtle emoji. Don't forget the turtle emoji. Um, but yeah, uh, with, with run-heavy offenses – Getting behind uh, on the, um, just getting 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 behind in the game on like on the uh, on the scoreboard is is really kind of detrimental, and we weren't able to to supplement our run game with a competent pass game simply because Baker Mayfield was a not top twenty five quarterback this year. Mm. Um, obviously injuries didn't help. Um, critical, critical, uh, Rami, what was the, uh, the, we, there was a critical game where we had a bunch of players out that we should, that we needed. The Raiders game. The Raiders game. Yeah. We all probably still should have won that game. (laughs) Yeah. So, so I don't, you know, I'm not the coach. Yeah. Including stuff like that. Just like losing some, some, just like some close games, like the Chargers game, the first, uh, Steelers game. Uh, the Chiefs game, uh, the Chiefs game, the both Raiders the Steelers game, games, both the Steelers games. I mean, the Chargers game. Yeah. So, we, the Chargers game, the Patriots game. Did we talk yeah. about the Chargers game? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Getting so so one. I think getting the getting Chargers behind game. getting behind on the scoreboard really was a detriment the to Chiefs this team. Game. Yeah. Yeah. It was really a detriment to this team simply because Baker wasn't able. The Raiders to, game. Baker wasn't able to. Um, to really put the team on his back. The Cardinals and, yeah. game. And, yeah. Oh, excuse no, me. No, um, keep, no, you go ahead. Um, you know, I, I would... Wait, one, one second. <laughs> Calling into the podcast right now is Baker Mayfield's new robot arm. What do you got to say? Can I can I hear you? Baker, are you there? Baker? Okay, thank you. Very funny. <laughs> well, moving on with, moving on with our Browns discussion, I think that... Um, it's a good point about the the run game not being complemented with a good pass game, and honestly, I think that um, in addition to that, I would just say that our the Browns defense was not in a place at the beginning of the year to complement a more uh, run heavy and clock dominant um, uh, offensive play style. I think about I I think about games like the Chiefs game where we just let them come back into the game. I think about games like the Chargers game where we scored like forty two and and still let them win the game. Um, uh, pass interference call aside. Um, it seemed like it took the defense 
honestly the first half of the year to really come into its own. Obviously, once once that happened, I think that we probably had one uh, a top five or even top three defensive unit in the NFL. When everyone was healthy. Yes, when everyone was healthy and when, when, when things were going our way. And honestly, we didn't even have everyone healthy because Miles was – he had that uh, kind of reoccurring groin injury at the end of the year. But, um, you know, when, when things were going our way with the defense, we, we, we looked good. Um so yeah, I just think I think we didn't we didn't play complimentary complimentary football. Also, I think that uh, Tom, you mentioned the uh, the offensive line shakeups throughout the year, and and I think that we almost for I think we almost forget how good Jack Conklin was at times. You know, yeah. like I, I find myself I find myself throughout the year just being like this offensive line is not what I'm used to seeing, and that's and I Nikki, if I if I could chime in here, yeah, absolutely, uh, Blake Hans. Not great. He's especially not, not very good. And you know, and he's an interior lineman too, and put putting him out of guard uh, when, especially when T.J. Watt plays on that right side. You know, we're kind of yeah. kind of screwed. But uh, but yeah, I mean, I think that you know because of that, I know. I mean, the most the most uh, mentioned position coach in football, Bill Callahan. I'm sure he'll have his boys ready to go for this coming year. Is exciting to see Joel Batonio, uh first team All Pro, Wyatt Teller, second team All Pro. I'm sure that uh, mm-hmm. sure that those guys will be back uh, and uh, and and hungry. You know? And and I feel like you, I feel like you can't, um, I feel like you can't understate even what like how this Browns team was even missing a guy like was it Chris Hubbard, mm-hmm. our former our former swing tackle that would come in. Um, in the in the second unit, whenever do it all guy when one. Yeah, guy goes I, I, I exactly. honestly think that the Browns genuinely missed his presence like a lot this year yeah. because mm-hmm. I feel like Absolutely. we didn't have a true like uh, NFL ready tackle to just kind of come in when yeah. needed. It mm-hmm. forced a guy like James Hudson uh, to step into a role that he wasn't ready for. Mm-hmm. Uh, credit where credits due, I think by the end of the season he looks like he has a, a potential spot in the NFL. Mm-hmm. He looks sure. like a guy who could be a a very competent. Um, Right tackle in the NFL towards the end of the season, mm-hmm. but he was clearly not ready at the start of the year. Mm. Yeah, yeah, just yeah. having to put some guys in, in positions that we never. We, I mean, we especially with, with a guy like Chris Hubbard. I feel like I felt I felt really confident at the beginning of the year. Like, hey, if things <clears throat> things go kind of go a little wrong on the line, like we have a guy who can just kind of like a you know like a utility guy that you can just throw in mm-hmm. and kind of patch a hole for for a few games here or there if you need to. But mm-hmm. that was definitely definitely tough. Absolutely. Uh, for me, I feel like um, the season for the Browns was like a little bit of, of Murphy's Law, a little bit of uh, anything that can go wrong will go mm, wrong. Absolutely. Uh, it felt like that throughout absolutely. the year. Um, Especially I mean, with the whole OBJ dad stuff. That was just so random. It was crazy. Just to start off the year, um, second game of the season, you have Baker injure his his um, non-throwing shoulder, but still a big injury that, mm. that changes a lot, especially with a guy like Baker who... I think has to put a little more into every throw. He's yeah. got a good arm, but um, really needs to put his body into a throw and, and didn't really seem to be able to do that. Nikki, like you you touched on, we had the Odell Beckham Jr. and Odell Beckham Sr. Mm. situation. We had injuries at the Wazoo, which we've been touching on. Um, and there just seemed to be a lot of miscommunication uh, between the coaches and the players. Mm. Um, I think Browns players have come out and said that um, it didn't feel like a team. It felt like the offense and the defense, not one collective team. Um, you saw a lot of things potentially coming out of Baker's camp with um, division with him and Stefanski. Uh, and it, it just starts a lot of questions of, of how do you go about fixing this? Mm-hmm. Um, like I said earlier, I think winning uh, cures a lot of things, but um, getting healthy would absolutely be huge. And 
Uh, that's one of those things that there's almost nothing you can do about it. The mm-hmm. Browns went through training camp um, without injuries. We got good production from uh, guys who had had injuries in the past, like Greedy and, and Greg Newsom. Um, but we just got unlucky on a lot of other fronts. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and I think one of the most interesting things throughout the season is how stale the run game got. Yeah. Uh, oh, no a doubt. A place that, that once had so much creativity. Um, excuse me if I'm wrong, turned into a little bit of... A little, a little fail. Um, I think we got to see um, some better stuff at the end of the season, but um, losing Kareem Hunt, I feel like really hurt us. Mm. He was that guy that it seemed like more so than Nick Chubb would really wear down a defense. Nick Chubb is the consistent, you know, um, purebred back um, that's going to get you those long touchdowns. He's going to be a little more patient. Um, but Kareem Hunt is just that that Big Mac truck <laughs> trying to go uh, right in that little garage. Yes, he hits holes harder than just about anybody. Um, and you know, you know, Tom, I, I will say it's like with with our run run game, it's honestly one di- one dimensional offenses just don't work in the NFL unless you have like an Aaron Rodgers or a Patrick Mahomes, you know, who can really slice and dice a defense. Yeah. But um, and, and you know, with with teams consistently putting at least seven guys in the box it's like you, you almost can't even can't even put the blame on on the running back room or the the offensive line just because i mean it just, it's just a hat on a hat you know what i mean it's like how what do you do about that you know you gotta have a quarterback that can test that defense a little absolutely bit. absolutely yeah. it didn't feel like we had that this year <clears throat> You know, I, I think at the end of the day, it is, um, I think all those points are valid, Tom, but I think that what this team needs to realize is that, you know, the NFL is not an excuses league. It's not a league where injuries, I mean, we even saw with the Ravens, I mean, they were incredibly banged up throughout the year, but still found ways to win games, you know, and, yeah. and, and like, I, I think about that Chargers game in particular, where they really, really handed it to them. But, you know, and, and I think that, I think that Stefanski knows that. I think Andrew Barry knows that. Um, so I'm, I'm confident in those two guys to 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 find something, but but you know we can't can't keep making excuses. This fan base has made excuses for for too long. In Andrew Barry we trust, and in Stefanski we trust, and that'll take us to our next segment: um, off season wants and needs. Mm. Uh, I'll start off here. Um, I think obviously the the two biggest needs um, for this team is elite wide receiver play, something that we lacked a ton last year. Um, made it really hard to watch at times. Yeah. Um, I don't know how much more I can watch of, of DPJ being your number one guy. Um, I love <laughs> DPJ, but he's he's a two or a three kind of guy Yeah. Uh, on most teams. Uh, and he just can't be your number one guy. I think wide receiver is our biggest need. Um, you see a team like the Cincinnati Bengals. Um, they have absolutely built up a monstrous wide receiver room, and they are reaping the benefits of it mm. tremendously. They don't have a very good offensive line. It's a pretty bad offensive line, actually. Um, their defense is pretty middle of the pack, um, but they can they Joe Burrow can throw for about uh, over four hundred yards uh, on it feels like just about any NFL secondary uh, in the NFL. Mm. Uh, I would also say that that defensive tackle has to be at the top of the list, especially after. The Malik McDowell situation. Uh, don't don't do drugs, kids. Yeah, yeah. my boy. Uh, I genuinely genuinely do feel bad for the guy, um, but this was a second chance, and um, 
you can't you can't go uh, skipping naked around yeah. around little kids. And you know, not, not a great a, look. And not a lot of guys get second chances in the yeah. NFL time. You know, and you know, call me old fashioned if you will, um, but I'm not the kind of guy to take off my clothes and run around little kids. <laughs> Maybe that's just me. You're old fashioned. <laughs> I guess I'm old fashioned. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I think those are our two biggest needs. Mm-hmm. Um, I think things that I want, uh, I would want a uh, another linebacker specifically middle linebacker um it just feels like walker um just wasn't fast enough to cover Mm -hmm. uh he was decent against the run game but would still kind of get caught out if he didn't get that that first jump uh and i'd say another one is uh a new quarterback am i crazy (laughs) (laughs) that's crazy what i'd say that's a want not a need at this point because we do have that option on baker mayfield um but but the clock is ticking Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I think you have to put out the feeler on guys. I think, you know, you and I have talked, Tom, kind of about a, sh- about a short list of guys who if if they <laughs> showed interest, you have to go after guys like uh, Russell Wilson, Deshaun Watson, Aaron Rodgers. And uh, who was the fourth guy? Derek Carr? Derek Carr, possibly. Maybe Derek Carr. But, but in all honesty, Derek Carr is the Raiders at this point. And he was the reason. Oh, you mean Derek true. Football? Yeah. <laughs> he is the reason that they were even in the playoffs and, and, and even in that – uh, that that playoff game against the Bengals at the end. So oh, D money. I, I think uh, I think there is uh, there is no way that the Raiders would ever make Derek Carr available, and he is still on contract. So. You know what? Um, I don't I don't know what what happened this year, but they had this um, speedster wide receiver from Alabama. Is he available? Oh, uh, you're talking about uh, Henry Ruggs. The yes, player, huh? yes, 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 yes. Um, I love what he did on yeah. the football field. Yeah. Um, didn't you hear Tom? That he's good at football. No, like there's an off the off the field incident. You have no. to separate the player from on the field off, except when he's a serial rapist. Yeah, and... I, did, I did say that. Um, <laughs> and the reality behind that is, I I I agree. But you can't really separate the player off the field for the player on the field when they're serving a life sentence in prison. Okay, I was I was unaware of that situation. So. Um, I'm gonna take down my uh, Henry Ruggs poster right now. Uh, yeah, uh, you should do that. Okay. Um, I'm surprised you haven't done that in the last. It's been it's been months. Yeah, now. he's my favorite player, and I didn't know. <laughs> huh. You know, former yeah. former favorite player. Former favorite player. Yeah. As I'm of a few you. seconds ago. Yeah. As of a few seconds ago, when I found out. <clears throat> yeah. Um. I guess I will. Uh, I'll kind of reiterate what you said there, Tom. Um. Really, just. I'm just. I'm just. I'm just. I'm just. Hoping and I'm on my knees. I'm on my knees praying, Tom, that that the Browns are able to draft Garrett Wilson. Uh, Garrett Wilson, you say I'm I'm on my knees because I'm begging, begging you uh, to come to Cleveland and play quarterback. What is that from? Is that a little freestyle? It's sh- I think it's a song. Mm, gotcha. Um, yeah. So Garrett Wilson. Uh, Obviously, uh, I'm a very big Ohio State guy, uh, as as are you, Tom. As I am. Um, and Garrett Wilson, I actually, I actually knew Garrett Wilson. Oh, uh, friend yeah. of the podcast? Yeah, friend of the podcast. <laughs> Hopefully, I'll uh, I'll I'll uh, get him on here at some point. But uh, I knew him when I was growing up. Yeah, I played uh, I played a church league basketball against him. Uh, we were so not with him. Not no, not with him against. Does him. he know your name? Uh, he probably does. If he saw me. And I was like, "Hey, I played upward with you." He'd probably be like, "Yeah, oh, oh." Would it be? Would it be a like, 
oh, dude, I absolutely remember you. Or would it be like you have like a guy that you like kind of hung out with a few times and you met his like parents one time and they're like, see you in the grocery store and they're like, hey, Ryan, do you remember me? And you're like, yeah, mister, uh, mister, good to see you, that kind of thing. Uh, I think it would be very much closer to the latter. I think it'd be one of those things where I mentioned something so specific, meaning upward basketball, and he would be like, oh, I did that. I remember that. So, I'm a, yeah, I probably, I probably remember you. I'll count on this friend. Um, yeah, so he, we're basically like super tight. He's at my wedding. Um, <laughs> make sure um, I'm on the pod. Yeah. Um, I love Garrett Wilson. I think he is the, the prototypical uh, NFL receiver. Doesn't He doesn't woo you with the speed, but he is off the charts at, with his athleticism. Uh, the dude's got, I don't know his measurables. Uh, maybe I should know that at this point. <laughs> don't know his measurables. But dude's got, dude's got quite the vert. He's got incredible hands. And he also is probably the most refined route runner in the entire wide receiver class uh, for this upcoming draft. So personally, I'm super high on Garrett Wilson. Also super high on Traylon Burks. Tom, you want to give maybe a little uh, uh, a little bit of your opinions on Traylon Burks? Uh, Traylon Burks... An exceptional prospect. Mm-hmm. Uh, did really nice things at Arkansas. Um, he's a guy that that kind of has everything you're looking for in a wide receiver. Has great hands. Has burner speed. <clears throat> People were saying that he was going to test around four four two speed, um, which is insane for a six three guy. Um, he has a great high point. Um, <clears throat> a good red zone threat. Um, a guy that can really do it all. Uh, I think the Browns are very lucky to need a, a wide receiver in a wide receiver heavy draft. Because mm-hmm. outside of them, uh, there is not a huge drop-off between guys like Drake Bell. Not Drake. Drake London. Drake David London. Bell. David Bell. <laughs> Jameson Williams. Uh, Drake London sounds like a cool Isn't name, Isn't Drake Bell in, like, jail or something, though? Drake Bell is in, yeah. He had, like, is he a, in jail? He had, like, a pedo charge. It was something in Mexico. Oh, Jeez. you know what? That's kind of iffy. You know, <laughs> separate, separate, the, separate the artist <laughs> From, from Mexico. I don't know. I don't know if that. I don't know if that same logic applies in this situation because he doesn't. He doesn't play for an NFL team. That's so. fair. Uh, Tom, are you? Do you think that there's any chance that the the Browns, if say they're going to draft a receiver with the 13th overall pick, which I think we all believe they're going to, um, do you think that there's any chance to that it's not one of those two? Meaning, do do you think that they don't take one of those two, or do you think? Because personally, I believe that those are number one and two. Pretty significantly, in my opinion, in, in in the wide receiver class. And do you think there's a chance that one of those two, like they don't take one of those two, because they're taken uh, already, or do you think that? Um, uh, what what do you think, Tom? What? If if the Browns are in a position at 13, uh, where those two guys are not available, uh, the thing that I would expect them to do is to trade back. Uh, I would be shocked if they tried to reach on a little bit of a reach on a guy like London or Olave there, um, when they can trade back into the late teens, early 20s, uh, and have one of those um, 1B kind of guys. If you want to call mm-hmm. you know those two guys 1A, yeah. I, I think that next kind of line of London, Olave, Williams, Williams uh, is, is your 1B. And I, I think they would trade back, get something for it. AB's a smart guy, mm-hmm. uh, and, and go that route. Yeah, especially with the Drake London injury. 
Um, you know, you just never really know. Uh, I don't really remember what the injury was, uh, but it did it did sideline him for the rest of the season, and he only played the first seven or eight weeks, I believe. So, um, yeah, I think I think that is a safe assumption. I, at the same time, though, I, I I'm looking at this draft board, um, and it goes Jacksonville not taking a wide receiver, Detroit not at the second overall pick, the Texans not at the third, the, the Jets probably not at the fourth. Giants don't need a wide receiver. Panthers need a line help, so probably not going to draft a wide receiver. Then Giants again don't need a wide receiver. The the Falcons at eight need defense. They're not going. I don't think they're going to draft a wide receiver, especially with Kyle Pitts and if Calvin Ridley comes back. Yeah. Um, Calvin Ridley being traded uh, is the only way I see them taking a wide receiver. Yeah. Then it goes Denver. Then the Jets is where I, uh, the Jets at ten is where I believe the first wide receiver will be taken. Um, and that is the most likely place that I think a wide receiver will be taken. Uh, I believe Gary Wilson will probably be taken, but it could also be Traylon Brooks and maybe possibly Drake London. So I think that that the Browns stand a good chance at those those guys, Wilson and Burks. Um, but you never know. Now, Ryan, uh, you are our draft guy, uh, and I want to ask you a question here. Mm-hmm. Um, is there any wide receivers in the draft um, that are – are gritty, um, kind of a lunch pail kind of guy, um, son of a coach, uh, first one in, last one out kind of guy, kind of like a, a Cooper Cup, uh, maybe a Hunter Renfro type, uh, good route runner, good hands, uh, kind of guy you want to you want your daughter to date. Um, one of those one of those players, you know, the coaches speak highly of and the teachers love. Um, well, I did I did hear most recently that Slade Bolden out of Alabama. Really? Uh, declared um, for the draft. Definitely not a day one or two guy. Um, I, th- I believe he logged maybe 600-ish yards, six touchdowns. Uh, I believe he was... Uh, this, was his, this was his senior season. Um, I mean, yeah, I mean, kind of just like a kind of just like a, a guy you throw in. Um, doesn't have burner speed. Doesn't wow you at all. Um was he a lunch pail? Yeah, probably uh, lunch son pail, of a coach. Son of a coach. Uh, can't teach just, that. Just blue Hard coll- marker. Blue collar. Those intangibles that you can't teach. Kind of like Baker yeah. Mayfield. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You bit. know what? I'm starting to like. The, I'm starting to like where you're going here, Tom. I, I'm starting to like where you're going. So, I think. Dude, should we just should we should we, trade, should we trade up for Slade Bolden? Like the next great slot receiver in the NFL. <laughs> yeah. That's a good question. Uh, maybe geez. like a Cole Beasley maybe type. Maybe Slade Bolden is absolute dog water. You know, um, if I could pivot us a little bit, one thing that um, just to talk about kind of the current current within the Browns organization, you know, um, I know that I I you know I, I've said my piece about David and Joku in the past, you know, but um, <laughs> eighty five, yeah, yeah, Chief Chief Slam, yeah, but you know what? I think that um, one thing that I'm I'm excited for is is for him to just take an increasing role in this offense, and I think about you know, a guy in the red zone, like, who can just go up and get it. And I feel like i just kind of a freak athlete type. And I think that – I just don't know if you're going to find any guy who's that much better in this draft class than, than a guy like David Njoku, who's already on the team, you know. Yep. And, and I was also kind of disappointed throughout the year that, you know, Anthony Schwartz, obviously pretty raw, you know, a lot of, a lot of speed, not a whole lot else. Um, but I was kind of disappointed that we, we didn't get Nikki, to see more of him. I'm sorry, but – I was under the assumption that that you were a guy that kind of likes it raw. You know, um, we could talk about that later if you okay. want to, Tom. Yeah, but um, 
But you know, and I do like raw talent because I think you can get uh, you can get a maybe a better steal, maybe better value. You know, develop a guy you know who's who's not not as develop not as uh, ready to go, but kind of has some of those raw edges. Mm. But uh, you know, I was, I was uh yeah, like I said, I was kind of disappointed to not see, not see his his uh, number number ten on the field as much. And I hope that you know over the off season with this team that he you know kind of develops some more of those. Those those things we were we were you know hoping to build, you know, and you know I think he's always been kind of a long run type guy. It's like we knew that he wasn't gonna, yeah, wasn't. But you can't. Now, I tell you one thing: you actually cannot teach is you cannot teach four two speed. You, you can't you, teach four yeah, two speed. Yeah. Here's the thing though. I, I I mean I think you guys you guys both would agree with this. I think Anthony Schwartz's ceiling is much closer to just like a Michael Hardman, just a super fast guy that will never really be above like a gadget guy. In yeah. All honesty. Yeah. Um, I think about a guy like Rondale Moore, and I'm just like, oh man, that'd be kind of nice. But, yeah, he, yeah. Here's the thing: is, is we got a couple Rondale Moores that are gonna <laughs> fall to us at 13. A couple guys, a couple guys better than Rondale Moore. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah. Uh, moving aside from the the wide receiver need, uh, there's obviously, as you mentioned, the the D the D tackle, the D line need, mm-hmm. um, and especially with the Malik McDowell news, uh, and just what seems like the thinnest effing room in the entire on the entire team is sort of our, our, our interior defensive line uh tom who are some guys in this upcoming draft uh that you have your eye on for the browns to get <coughs> possibly trade down from the 13th pick because i don't think you i think we would both agree that you wouldn't really take any defensive lineman um interior defensive lineman at 13 so possibly trading down from the 13th pick or someone that's available at number 44 in the second round um <clears throat> I, I just don't see a scenario with these with these great wide receivers on the board uh, that the Browns don't take one of them mm-hmm. um, when it's when it's the biggest need. Um, I think a few things that get me excited. I I don't think a guy like Jordan Davis will obviously be available there, but his counterpart remind me on his name. Uh, uh, there are it. there are actually two. There's Trayvon Walker and there's also Devontae Wyatt. Trayvon Walker is projected projected late first. Devontae Wyatt is projected mid second. Yep, they they both looked awesome throughout the year, uh, and then potentially a guy like Haskell Garrett in the third round, mm-hmm. uh, and then just attack free agency hard, um, like we've done the last couple of years, and, and get someone in here um, that can actually make a difference on that defensive line. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I agree with you, Tom. Um, in the mock draft that I made last <clears throat> week, uh, I have the Browns uh, targeting Devonte Wyatt at number forty-four. Oh, um, Devonte Wyatt. Um, just a bona fide star. That defensive line for Georgia this season was um, one like we haven't seen in in a while. Uh, the one that I think it, it, it is a it is reminiscent of is uh, was that what year was that? It was it Clemson? Was it twenty eighteen? I believe so. Twenty eighteen. So that was only a couple seasons ago. But truth be told, that defensive line for Georgia was absolutely uh, unstoppable. <laughs> um, the fact that you have three interior defensive linemen all going in the first two rounds is pretty insane because. They would almost ever never be on the same, be on the field at the same time. So, pretty pretty freaking nuts. Um, some other guys to keep your eye on: uh, Perion Winfrey, um, defensive tackle out of Oklahoma. Um, also, uh, Fedarian Mathis, defensive lineman out of um, out of Alabama, as well as Haskell Garrett. Um, then there's uh, Travis Jones. I don't know what Travis Jones went to went to college. I kind of forget at this point. Um, but yeah, I mean, really, there's a couple. There's a couple guys that, uh, I mean, I would be honest. In all honesty, I would be. I I believe that Trayvon Walker is gonna be uh, unavailable. Um, 
uh, at the at number 44. So I see us taking Devontae Wyatt. I see us possibly getting Perry on Winfrey. Um, I have him mocked at 40, um, so just a couple picks before. Uh, I see us possibly taking Fedarian Mathis or even, uh, like you said, Haskell Garrett in the third round. So really, there's a couple guys that, that I would be excited about getting, really those four um, at some point. Uh, do you think that there is a there is a need at the edge position to be addressed at all, Tom, in the first, at least in the first, like, two or first three rounds? When you look at the NFL, um, I think that that those guys really come dime a dozen. Uh, if the right guy is there in the first couple rounds, um, really second or third round for the Browns, uh, I think you pull the trigger and you do it. Mm-hmm. Um I think it is also very dependent on whether you re-sign guys like like Jadavion Clowney. Mm-hmm. Uh, Clowney stepped up and I think had um, potentially his second best season uh, I think we've ever seen him have. I think he, he had his um, high in sacks this year. Um, it was really nice to see him work opposite of Miles Garrett, like, I think that's that's the dream for a lot of other guys working <laughs> next to a, a generational pass rusher. Um, but like you were saying, I, I think in the second or third round, that's that's where we kind of think about targeting um, those guys. And I'm excited to see um, if they maybe pick up a piece in, in free agency. I can't see them re-signing Tack McKinley, um, knowing that he probably won't be ready for the first, um, maybe even half of the season. Mm-hmm. Um, but a guy like... Tack McKinley, that um, is a great pass rusher, uh, great uh, win rate on the edge, uh, and can do a lot of really good things. I think um, the Browns' pass rush was at its best when they could put those three guys in on third down and they could just pin their ears back and get after the quarterback. Just dial something up. Mm-hmm. Just dial something up. Just simply dial something up. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think that will um, transition us to our, our next part of this podcast uh we're gonna do our nfl picks um for the weekend ryan we are gonna start in the music city uh for a titans Bengals matchup during this weekend uh tennessee is coming in at uh three and a half point favorite um they obviously had their week off the Bengals coming off their first playoff win in 31 seasons mm, uh, at home against the raiders um, I guess to start off, uh, who do you see taking this matchup? Man, I I absolutely love this game. Um, straight up, I think it is going to be one of um, the, my favorite games to watch uh, in the in the rest of this playoffs. In all honesty, um, yeah, I think uh, I think it's a great matchup. Really, um, going into this game, I think there was a bit of uncertainty whether uh, Derrick Henry would be back. But is, is he back? Maybe. Okay. He's um, questionable. Okay. Derek Henry questionable. I like where the Bengals are at right now, in all honesty. Um, Joe Burrow is just, <laughs> last like five games have been on freaking real. Uh, dude has been absolutely dealing. Uh, looking like the definition of a franchise quarterback. Uh, franchise changing, franchise altering quarterback. I mean, he's been... Joey jo- Franchise? Dare I say Joey Franchise? Uh, Joey B? Joey B. Uh, Joe Shiesty. Uh, <laughs> Joe Nasty? As uh, as uh, uh, Jamar Chase calls him. 
Uh, yeah, I like I like the Bengals in this one, um, especially with Derrick Henry out. I'll touch on that in a second, um, if the possibility of him playing, um, and what that changes about the, the way I think this game's gonna pan out. But with Derrick Henry out, I mean the Bengals are absolutely on fire right now. Um, that three-headed monster they got at wide receiver mm-hmm. has been utterly, utterly, utterly impressive um, this whole season. I mean, T. Higgins looks like a star. Jamar yeah. Chase, I mean. Come on, man. And Dude, Tyler Boyd just goes up and gets and anything. And Tyler Boyd is just like, they're number three, and, and there's no expectation on him, and he just balls out. And C.J. Uzama's even had a nice year. I know. It's crazy what a Every, good quarterback can do. Yeah, it's really players. nuts. Wish I could understand what that's like. Um, I mean, yeah, I like the Bengals in this one, um, especially if Zach Taylor uh, gets his head, his head out of his ass and, and just lets Joe Burrow cook straight up. Yep. Um, I think, uh, I can't remember. I think... Uh, in the final in week 16, 16 and seventeen, the final two games of the Bengals season were the only two games that uh, that Joe Burrow th- that 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 seventy percent plus of the uh, the play calling were uh, was like a passing play. I think it was fifteen sixteen because Joe Burrow was out seventeen against the Browns. Yeah, fifteen sixteen. So those two weeks, I mean, I th- I can't remember the stats. Got to be almost like like 800 yards, nine touchdowns, no no picks, something like that. Some yep. crazy stats in in, in a, the span of two weeks against good defenses. And like I mean, dude is dude is unreal. Um so I would fully expect that um just like that hot hand to continue on in this game. The Titans have a bad pass defense. Mm-hmm. I mean, they do have Keith Byard, one of the best safeties in the league, but in all honesty, their their pass defense is pretty freaking weak. Um so I like I, I definitely like the Bengals in this one. I think the Titans are, are pretty overrated. I think the record suggests that they would be better, but hmm. you know, are they twelve and five? Hmm. Or something like that? Are they twelve mm-hmm. and five? That is unbelievable. First seed. Huh? Yeah. Uh, huh, sounds time. like some uh, sounds like some bulletin board material for yeah, the Titans. Yeah, bull, bulletin board material. Um, Mike Rabel, um, come get your man's. Um, no, seriously, I think the Titans are a bit overrated. Um, Past Stevens is bad. Joe Burrow and, and the Bengals are just uh, just red hot right now. Um, but there is there is there is questions to be raised. Um, I mean, Trey Hendrickson and Larry Ogunjobi. Larry Larry O is, is is out for the season for the rest of the year. So his presence in the middle has been um, very very important to that Bengals defense. So I think it's um, something to consider and something to think about. Um, is is what. What kind of production are they going to lose going into this game, uh, and, and and how much do they need that? Because in all honesty, when Trey Hendrickson and Larry O um, got out of that that Raiders game, that Bengals defense was food. Um, that defensive line just could not get to the quarterback. And and also let's not understate just the importance Trey Hendrickson had um, for this Bengals defense. I mean, the dude was was insane this year. He gave them. He single handedly has given the Bengals. A, a top half of the league pass rush. Oh, for sure. I mean, I mean, the dude is 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 unequivocally the best free agent signing in, like in the NFL this this past season. Absolutely. He was un he he's unreal, absolutely unreal this season. Um, so I don't I haven't seen a report on on whether he's gonna be back or not. I I don't know. It wasn't like a concussion. Maybe I think he's I think he's being. Again, it's going to be another game time yeah, decision think, kind of thing. I think it was. We'll know a day, maybe a day before. Yeah, I think they were mod- like they were like checking for concussion. And he was going for the concussion protocols, but yeah. Um, with Derrick Henry, uh, like I said, I'll, I was going to touch on this. I, I think, especially without Trey Hendrickson and Larry O, I think that really does change the game a little bit. But given that 
Derrick Henry, how many weeks has he missed? A lot. <laughs> a lot. So coming into the game, I w- it wouldn't um, surprise me if all, at all if his production isn't at the level as, as you might expect from Derrick Henry. Um, but uh, yeah, I think uh, I think I like the Bengals on this one. I, I think I really do. Um, I think they just got they got something going there, something brewing down there in the uh, the nasty natty. So um, I'm going with the Bengals on that one. Well, Sharon, I'm gonna have to uh, respectfully, respectfully uh, disagree with you. I, I don't think that's very push a p of you. Um, to pick the Bengals in this scenario, uh, I don't even know if I said that right. Uh, I'm P. You're not. I think I'm P. I'm um, P. But you know what is pretty P uh, is a guy who is willing to cut off his own penis for a Super Bowl, uh, and that is what Mike Vrabel is willing to do. And you do not bet against a man who is willing to cut off his schling schlong ding dong for a Super Bowl. Sharon, uh, the Titans are arrested. Uh, they're getting healthy at the right time. And they're one of those teams that each year it kind of feels like, gosh, you're not that impressive. And you look at the record and it's like, they get 11, 12 wins. Uh, and then they just turn it on in the playoffs. Um, they feel like a team to me that are um, made for the playoffs. It really doesn't matter uh, in my mind who the running back is. You get good production out of them. Um, Ryan Tannehill, uh, you know, he is what he is, but... He's a top half of the league quarterback, and he doesn't make many mistakes. Uh, he has experience in the playoffs, something uh, Joe Burrow doesn't really have. And I, I just keep going back to the fact that maybe it's a gut feeling, but I feel like the Bengals are a year away. I don't trust Zach Taylor. I think uh, uh, Vrabel is a much better coach, and I think coaching matters, mm-hmm. uh, especially in the playoffs. Uh, and it's in, um, it's in Nashville. And, and I think that's important, too. A home game for the Titans. Um, Vegas has it at minus three and a half. Uh, I've heard that that a three-point favorite um, for the home team kind of means it's a, it's a toss-up matchup and they give the home team three points. Um, so Vegas believes that this is a, a very even matchup, uh, really just giving the Titans half a point if it was in a neutral location. Um, I don't think that the Titans cover the three-and-a-half-point spread. Uh, I really see this coming down to a late field goal uh, and and Fat Randy um, mm-hmm, Fat getting Randy. revenge on his old bangles. Uh, I would absolutely uh, lose my mind if Fat Randy uh, beat his own team, mm-hmm. old team. Uh, but that's going to take us to our next game uh, on Saturday uh, in Green Bay, uh, 49ers and the Packers. Sharon, what, what are you thinking about this one? I hate to bet against Aaron Rodgers, so I'm not going to. I think the Packers, quite possibly, are the best team in the league. Uh, I think what they have done this season is is pretty pretty fantastic. Uh, granted, I I believe, correct me if I'm wrong in this one, I, I, is Aaron Rodgers 0-3 versus the 49ers in the playoffs? I think he is, something like that. Mm-hmm. He hasn't beat the 49ers in the playoffs. But the reality is this 49ers team has been pretty up and down all year. Uh, pretty reliant on just like Nick on like the freaks they have on defense in in, in Fred Warner and, and Nick Bosa and the absolute <laughs> jack of all trades Debo Samuel on offense. So mm-hmm. um, I got the Packers in this one, especially because it looks like Bosa and um, Fred Warner are both going to be out for the game. That to me just absolutely kills that defense. Those are two absolute game changers on defense for the 49ers, and without them, I mean, 
I mean, you saw what happened against the, uh, who was it? The Cowboys. Cowboys. Cowboys start making, just start mounting like a freaking ridiculous comeback. And it's because the 49ers, 49ers defense became food after freaking Warner and, and Bosa. Until they, they ran a draw, a QB draw yeah, until, with 14 seconds. Until, but it was the ref's fault. Yeah, until, Even though there was no timeouts and 14 seconds left to go in the game. And you're moving the ball at will, passing it. But it was the ref's fault. Yeah, I mean, I mean that big brain move by Mike McCarthy there. Um, just just pretty incredible. Um, Darn refs. And dude, oh. Screwing the Cowboys again. Dude, oh. The refs hate Dallas. Yeah, gosh. Um, but yeah, I like, the, I like the Packers in this one. Uh, Aaron Rodgers is playing unbelievable football. MVP-like season. Um, Unvaccinated, though. Yeah. It uh, seems like you're praising him a lot. Yeah, but he is... For someone who's not too concerned uh, about saving uh, lives. But he is immunized, and he's not a sheep, Tom. So, <laughs> whatever you want to say. That is, I think that is one of the funniest um, periods of the NFL season. Just that press conference. It's, are you vaccina- vaccinated? Yeah, I'm immunized. And everybody just being like, well, that's a weird way to say it, but I guess he's vaccinated. <laughs> just, he isn't. <laughs> like, at all. That's you just said it so intentionally. Yeah, I'm, um, I'm immunized. Yeah. Um, DeMonte Adams, obviously. I mean, best receiver in the NFL. Um, no disrespect to Cooper Cup. Um, but, yeah. I, I got the Packers in that one. What's the line, Tom? The line is Green Bay five and a half favorites. Yeah, I would slam that. Yeah, I'm kind of with you here, Sharon. Um, I'm going to side with the unvaccinated quarterback, uh, QAnon Rodgers. Um, QAnon Rodgers. I, I just think the the Packers have been an absolute wagon this season. Uh, I don't think you can look at their team and, and say they don't do this very well. Um, mm-hmm. I think that they are at least above competent in every part um, of a football game. Uh, they have great coaching. They have a very good offensive line. Uh, obviously a quarterback who is having an MVP season, uh, great wide receivers, good running backs, uh, and their defense has played well throughout the year and has, has uh, made some big plays. Um, it's an opportunistic defense. They they create turnovers, um, something that, that Jimmy G is susceptible to. Um, and I think we're going to see a lot of, um, because the Packers can, they can, they can pile it on. Uh, their offense has come on lately. Um, and it's just going to put Jimmy G in a position where he has to throw the football. Um, and I can I can empathize um, with 49ers here because it kind of feels like the Browns uh, when the Browns and the 49ers are forced to pass the football, bad things happen. Mm-hmm. Um, it's in Green Bay. It's going to be cold. Uh, and Aaron Rodgers is just on a tear. I think he is he's committed to getting that um, that second Super Bowl ring and really submitting his legacy this is this is a legacy playoffs um for aaron Rodgers, and i think you have seen how important it is to him he's kind of put his issues aside uh he's put his head down and and since the off season um has just really worked hard um but i'm also with you on the line uh i could see green bay winning this by by 10 plus points mm-hmm. um so i'm gonna take green bay and the points mm-hmm. uh next up we have our sunday games uh we are gonna start off in tampa bay Mm-hmm. With Tom Brady and the Buccaneers versus Matthew Stafford and the LA Rams, this is a nice. This is a nice matchup. This mm-hmm. is a fun game. Mm-hmm. Uh, I could really see this one going either way. Sheeran, tell the people what you got in this one. Gosh, uh, man, 
just to reiterate um, what you said, I mean, this is this is a fantastic matchup. Um, quite literally, I think that. I mean, I think that like they're all like there are not two um, more. Uh, like, there's not a matchup of of two teams that could genuinely win the Super Bowl like this and any other any of the other matchups. So, I mean, man, I don't. I, I hate to. I don't want to bet against Tom Brady, uh, especially because sounds like you're gearing up to bet against Tom Brady. <laughs> it sounds like I right after you said you don't want to bet against Tom Brady. Yeah, here's where I'm at though. Uh, Matt Matt Stafford. Realize. 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 Mm-hmm. Mm. Uh, Matt Stafford mm. tends to just kind of just kind of. I don't. I don't know how to say it. He just. Tends to Matt Stafford. He tends to Matt Stafford when the lights get the brightest. Um, he's not he, when 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 the when the the heat the heat comes up. My my boy gets out of the kitchen. That's all I'm saying. Um, I I don't necessarily think that Matt Stafford has what it takes to to win a tight, um, I like a, like a tight NFL playoff game. He's well, more of a loose playoff game kind of guy. Yeah, for sure. Um, for sure. Um. Um. Uh, because you have your guys like Tom Brady who likes it tight, and then you have your guys like Matt Stafford that they like, like it, it loose. They like it loose. Just um, a personal preference kind of thing mm-hmm. when it yeah. comes to playoff one, games. Yeah, one quarterback kisses his son on the lips, and then one doesn't. Um, one likes it tight. And one likes it tight, one likes it loose. loose. So, um, yeah, I think, uh, I think I got Tampa Bay in this one. Um, I still think that the Rams showed glimpses of just like kind of like idiocracy at the end of the season um sean McVay statistically just i guess becomes just a worse coach in the second half of the season mm-hmm. um like his quarterbacks just effing fall off a cliff um so yeah i mean i got i got um tampa bay in this one uh i think tom brady is the greatest quarterback of all time and he oh, that's a hot take yeah uh, hot take you know maybe you know maybe Sorry, everyone gonna, would agree with this you know i don't know if you can hear this but i'm i'm actually taking off my sweatshirt right now because uh, that take was so hot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's I'm in shorts ab- now too. Absolutely steaming. Um, yeah, I like I like Tampa Bay in this one. Um, in all honesty, uh, I'm not gonna like I said. I don't like to bet against Tom Brady, and I'm not going to bet against Tom Brady. Um, uh, Bruce Arians is done uh, in Tampa Bay. It's it's pretty awesome. Uh, they got a great defense. Um, they got playoff Lenny. Um, mm. you know I. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna bet against playoff Lenny. That's my dog. Is playoff Lenny he's back? back. Uh, he's back, baby. Holy uh, playoff balls! He's back. I know they, they're missing Chris Godwin. Um, I don't know if Rob Rob Gronkowski's healthy, but because he, he like never is, it seems like. Um, but yeah, I like Tampa Bay in this one. Uh, just with having having won the Super Bowl last year, uh, I think they got a lot of playoff experience. Uh, they know what it means to win. They're they're running it back, as I said, um, going into last this past off season. Running in the back, I, I think I, I think I'm taking Tampa Bay. What's the line, Tom? The line is Tampa Bay three points. Three flat. Three flat. Wow. The over. Gosh, that is a good line. That That's is a good a, line. that is a good good line. Um, gosh, man. Um, I'm having I'm I'm taking. I'm taking Tampa Bay against the spread. I'm, 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 I'm saying they, I'm saying they cover, minus three. Um, what, what say you, Tom? Uh, this is a game, much like you, and I'm sure 
a lot of other people have gone very back and forth on. Um, you have, I think, uh, the more talented team, um, especially with a few injuries to Tampa Bay right now. I think uh, the Rams are a little more talented. Uh, I think their defense is a little bit better. Um, but uh, Tampa Bay has the, the great equalizer, and that is the greatest quarterback of all time, uh, Tom Brady. Um, I think Tom Brady will, will be in this position um, for at least the next few years. He hasn't seemed to regress too much. I know Father Time is undefeated, but uh, the avocado ice cream and avocado vodka or whatever the hell he eats and kissing his son um, seems to be doing wonders. Um, let me tell you this. Uh, I know that I will be absolutely macking on my son uh, when I'm a father because how Tom Brady looks right now. It's got to do something for your skin because he looks fantastic. Um, but I just keep going back to the Rams. Uh, they they absolutely um, took Kyler Murray to the prison showers last week uh, and made him look tiny. Uh, they They did whatever they wanted, whenever they wanted. Uh, they made a guy um, who was having probably the best season of his career um, and, and glimpses of being that guy going into the conversation of, you know, maybe he's he's cementing himself as uh, a top five quarterback in the NFL, um, and they made him look pedestrian. Uh, I know that the Cardinals have been on a downslide, um, but they're still a good team, and they, they just kind of did whatever they wanted. Earlier in the season, the Rams... Um, beat Tampa Bay by by ten points, um, and and that was in the rougher portion of Tampa Bay's schedule where they were still kind of figuring out um, who they were this year. It's different year to year, uh, and I think it's going to look very different. Um, but I just see the Rams pulling this one out and making finding a way. Uh, maybe Matt Gay kicks it through the uprights late in the game. Um, uh, I, I think that that Gay kicks a really straight ball. Um, and I think that uh, it's going to come down to that. I'm going to take um, L.A. Rams um, money line, uh, but I think this is going to be a one- or two-point game. I, mm-hmm. I almost can't see this being a three-point game, really, either way. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's going to come down to the last possession. Um, but like I said, would I be shocked if the Buccaneers won? Absolutely not. Um, but like my feeling right now is like 51-49, uh, percent, you know, Rams. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm going to take Rams. I'm going to take that money line. Um, and that will lead us into our last game. And that is my favorite game of the weekend. Bills, Chiefs, Sheeran, take us away on this one. Man. What a game. Um, let's talk about what the, the freaking Bills did to the Pats last week. Perfect. Woo! The greatest offensive showing we've ever seen in the history of the NFL. Um, no team has ever has, has ever come out and scored, what was it, seven times in a row? Mm. Hey, no punts, no... A perfect game of football. Yeah, literally a perfect offensive game. Uh, no punts, no turnovers, no perfect third down conversion rate. Um, I mean, truly, truly incredible what they did um, against the Pats and and, and well deserved, well deserved, because the Pats were beating up on the Bills Mafia for 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 decades, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, straight up. So, um, man, the Chiefs though, what the Chiefs have done in the last in the back half of the season has been 
really really impressive. Um, they turned I, it on for sure. Yeah, I I'll, I'll be honest. I'll I'm gonna I'm gonna I'll be honest here. I I was down. I was down the Chiefs big time going into like what week five when they were like two and four or yeah. like going into like in, in week seven when they're it's like, like two oh and four. the Chiefs the Chiefs are over the Chiefs yeah, yeah it's like oh we figured them out you know yep. and it's like well of course not of course we're wrong there um, it's like oh they actually just didn't give a shit and then they're like oh yeah we're by the way we're still one of the best teams in football and we can mm-hmm. like win whenever we want yeah for sure um what's the line Tom the line is Chiefs minus one and a half it is in Kansas City in Kansas City um Remind me, did, did the Chiefs and the Bills play in the AFC Championship game in, what, 2019? I believe it was last year. Was it last year? Yes. Okay. What was the score of that game? Pull it up while I'm thinking. Um, I mean, gosh, this is, this, this is, this is also a freaking fantastic game. Oh man. Um I mean you got you got you got like you got to duel. It was 38-24 Chiefs. Mm. So you got a duel of two of the most exciting young quarterbacks in the league uh with Josh Allen and Pat Mahomes. Um and man that that Chiefs defense went from food to the ones feasting, you know what I'm saying, mm. Tom? Mm. Um and uh yeah, I think uh I think I like the Chiefs on this one. Uh, I, I think I think it ultimately is going to come come down to to what quarterback can can play the best genuinely, um, and I I think it's I think it's Pat Mahomes. Um, I I don't like Pat Mahomes very much um, personally. I think he's I think he's kind of obnoxious. I think his brother's super fruity and super annoying. Huh. Um, hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I know. Hot take, maybe. Um, <laughs> Yeah. Jackson Mahomes, fruity. <laughs> Jackson uh, Mahomes. It's <laughs> um, funny because what's wrong with enjoying fruit? Um, nothing's wrong with enjoying fruit, Tom. Huh. Um, okay, yeah, no, keep going. Only, only, it's only wrong when you're enjoying when you're enjoying it on Sean Taylor's memorial number. So, well, thank God he didn't do that. Wait, you didn't hear? What? <laughs> what? He filmed a TikTok on Sean Taylor's retired number. Like on, oh, his, on, no. his, on his number. I got. Are you telling me I got to take down my Henry Ruggs poster and my Jackson Mahomes poster <laughs> in the same day? That's what I'm telling you, Tom. I'm sorry. I know it's a heart, heartbreaking oh, news. Oh, my God. Absolutely. This room's empty now. It's all I had. <laughs> it's absolutely. Come on. This room's gone, gone down the drain. At least I still um, have my Ben Roethlisberger poster. <laughs> Uh-oh. I don't want to. You can save it for later. I don't want to hear it. Um, <laughs> right next to my Deshaun Watson poster. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I like the I like the Chiefs on this one. The defense has turned it on. Andy Reid knows how to win in the playoffs. Um, and uh, yeah, I honestly feel like the Chiefs maybe have for the Bills number. Um, but I, I, I like I like I said, Tom. I think this game. Is can be pick can be just a pick 'em. In all honesty, I think that like there's a good chance that this game goes down to the wire. Hence the the, the line being only one and a half. So, uh, I think it's gonna be a great game. I'm going with the Chiefs just as I think they can inch it out um, better than um, better than the Bills can. What say you, Tom? Well, I'm I'm someone who knows a thing or two about inching it out. Um, but uh, again, this is my favorite game. Of the weekend, I think it is our best quarterback. 
um, matchup of the weekend, uh, and I am just so excited to watch this game. Um, but I cannot um, take lightly what Buffalo did to the Patriots last weekend. Um, it is just hard for me um, to see them losing after they play that great of football. I know each each game is week to week, um, but I, I just still think um, that, that the Chiefs' offense uh, is vulnerable. Um, when they've played good offenses this year, um, they've given up some points. Um, I think that uh, Dabal's a good coach. Uh, I obviously think Andy Reid's a better coach, but I don't think there is a big discrepancy in the coaching. Um, the Bills are on a tear. Um, I love the city of, of Buffalo. No one circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills. Give me the Buffalo Bills in this one. I'm sorry, Patrick Mahomes. I'm sure you'll be back here. Uh, Patrick Mahomes will will have his Super Bowls. And and the Chiefs are, are set up better for the future um, than Buffalo. Um, but this just feels like almost like a team of destiny after that, that Patriots game when everything went perfect. It just felt like it's finally time um, for Buffalo to get things moving and, and to get to a Super Bowl. And I, I know they got to win a few more games to get there or one after this one. Um, but this feels, um, it feels like we're shaping up for a Buffalo-Tennessee AFC championship in my mind. I'm excited for that because it's just going to be a grinded out kind of game. Uh, it's going to be like the Wisconsin football of the NFL. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I I love that kind of football. That's what I'm hoping for. That's what I'm rooting for. Give me Buffalo. Give me the money line. Uh, I'm excited about this game. Like you said, it could go either way. Um, but I am taking Buffalo. Uh, Sheeran, I had so much fun today. Uh, this is our first installment of hopefully many. Mm-hmm. Uh, next week we are going to do our or next podcast, whenever it comes out, our Ohio State podcast, maybe a little. Gus Johnson! Who knows? Who knows? <laughs> a little appearance, a little cameo. A little cameo from Gus Johnson. Uh, but guys, thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed. Uh, I'm Tommy Sexy Boy Schweitzer. And I am uh, Sheer Daddy. Sheer Daddy. Thanks for listening to the Brickhouse Podcast. We loved having you.